What's going on, everybody? I'm today's host of another exciting episode of Adventures in DevOps. I almost said another exciting adventure of Adventures in DevOps. And I was like, well, that's going to sound stupid. So when has that stopped you before, Will? I know. <laughs> it's almost like <laughs> it's almost like the monkey brain is like, no, dude, no, stop. You've got to quit doing that to us. <laughs> So joining me in the studio today, Jonathan Hall. Hi, everyone. And we have a guest today talking to us about personal branding as a developer, which I'm pretty excited about because I have spent way too much time on this subject and done an absolutely horrible job of it. So I'm excited. I've got my notebook ready to take some notes. Pavan, welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me today in this show. Yeah, yeah our pleasure. So do you want to give us a little bit about your background? Yeah, sure. Um, my name is Bhavan and uh, I have 10 years of experience in DevOps. And basically, I do tech marketing roles. And my first company, DevOps company, was Shippable. And then I moved to JFrog. And then now I'm working at Harness, modern continuous delivery platform. I started writing articles and uh, you know, reading about DevOps from last five years. And then uh, I really liked it. And then one one social media platform, CVS platform, I would say, is LinkedIn that helped me to grow so much more. And yeah, from last three years, every day I share one tech story. And usually I get around 100 likes on an average. Oh, wow. So, and I have built a huge following of uh, 35k developers yeah so oh wow nice hey folks this is charles maxwood from top end devs and lately i've been working on actually building out top end devs if you're interested you can go to topendevs.com slash podcast and you can actually hear a little bit more about my story about why i'm doing what i'm doing with top end devs why i changed it from uh, devchat.tv to top end devs but what i really want to get into is that I have decided that I'm going to build the platform that I always wished I had with devchat.tv and I renamed it to Top End Devs because I want to give you the resources that are going to help you to build the career that you want, right? So whether you want to be an influencer in tech, whether you want to go and just max out your salary and then go live a lifestyle with your family, your friends, or just traveling the world or whatever, I I want to give you the resources that are going to help you do that. We're going to have career and leadership resources in there, and we're going to be giving you content on a regular basis to help you level up and max out your career. So go check it out at topendevs.com. If you sign up before my birthday, that's December 14th. If you sign up before my birthday, you can get 50% off the lifetime of your subscription. Once again, that's topendevs.com. And so LinkedIn is your primary medium for uh, doing that? Yes, LinkedIn is the primary medium. When I, I think three years back, one day, previously, I used to call myself a growth hacker, a a fancy name for uh, marketing, Uh using unconventional ways of uh, doing marketing, but yeah, it, it was it was pretty famous. It started uh, as a movement in US actually, but then it came to India where everybody started saying, "Hey, I'm a growth hacker. I'm a growth <laughs> hacker." So it's fancy, and all the startups 
started looking at hiring growth hackers. So yeah, so from there, I I, I had this uh, thing of, uh, because I have done engineering and then MBA in marketing. So that mix usually helps me to get the tech part and also the marketing aspect of it. How to how to present the tech articles and very complex tech things to people in a way in a in very layman words. Yeah, that's what I started doing three years back. And first thing I used Twitter, but Twitter was kind of it didn't help me. So LinkedIn one day I went to LinkedIn and uh, I shared my personal story, saying, "Hey, you know, in in 2013 I used to spend my whole day in just." Uh, I think $3 or $4 in Bangalore. So I, I wrote a huge story and it, it got like 1,000 likes and uh, more than 1,000 likes and it went viral. Right that on. made me think that, okay, this is the platform for me. So let me shift slowly talking about marketing. So that's how I started on LinkedIn. Right on. So for someone who's listening to the show that doesn't hasn't really spent any time doing personal branding, why would they want to? What are the benefits for building your personal brand as a developer? Usually, you know, I tell developers um, not to get offended. Developers are <laughs> kind of shy. They usually sit in a corner with their laptop and they, and they don't like people coming to them and asking them a lot of things. And they just want to solve problems. They are the creative people on earth, right? They are... Now, every company is a software company. But when you come out there, start speaking in conferences and podcasts like this, and uh, you if you start writing, you'll get noticed. And people start asking you a lot of questions. That's how you become a kind of, I don't want to use this word, an influencer. So <laughs> <laughs> you, you'll become, people start looking at you as, as a thought leader in this space. And that gives you a lot of benefits and advantages. Like you get picked easily in in, in publications, and uh, if you approach someone, that'll be they'll they'll be knowing your name in your you know in your industry. Hey, I know you. You have you've been writing articles there, and it's easy to pitch any of your ideas to other people. And uh, that's why I, I encourage people to go out there, make a lot of connections, and uh, approach these uh, websites where you can ask them. Hey, I have a cool idea. I have a cool article. Can I share it on your website? Because uh, I can leverage that audience and then get a lot of reach. And this Twitter and LinkedIn, these two I prefer for developers. And there are many other um, uh, tech forums where people, developers should be there and then uh, get interacted with others. And then, yeah, that's how you'll get noticed. Do you think everybody should, every developer should care about their personal brand or is it only a matter if, if you have certain career aspirations? I think every developer should have a personal brand as such, because end of the day, we are all, you know, we are all uh, doing our efforts, hard work to to get notified, to get noticed and then get paid. So it's better to get noticed early and then even the company leaders, right? If you can tell them, hey, I have done this, I have these many followers and that gives you an extra edge on your side. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I believe everybody, at least to a certain I won't say I'm, I'm active very much on LinkedIn. Not like me, maybe because I don't expect everybody to be, you know, all day active on LinkedIn. So yeah, at least for some time, they just come then. Yeah. I mean, if everybody was, then there would be no advantage anymore, right? Because 
Yeah. It would be too noisy and, and it would be <laughs> too stand yes. out. So. <laughs> yes. Yes. That would be too noisy. That's what happened to Facebook. <laughs> yeah. yeah. One of the things yes. that happened to Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. So if if somebody maybe they're let's talk to somebody who's who's brand new maybe they just finished university or they've done a boot camp or something is that too early to start building a brand I mean do you need to build an expertise first or can you start building your brand from the very beginning When I say brand it might look very big at the you know uh, initially but for a person who just finished his uh, university right they can just start with uh, something very simple like uh, creating a hello world application and then sharing it with people so that's how even as simple as that. Hey, uh, today I wrote a hello world application on Node.js. That will help, you know, other other students. And then that's how he can get notified and then get noticed in his own uh, little, you know, uh, group of uh, people. So, yeah, that's how he can, he can do that, he or she. All right. What are the different ways that you like to build your brand? You've talked about LinkedIn a lot. Is that all you do or do you do YouTube or podcasting or blogging or anything else or is it for you it's just linkedin yeah, linkedin i picked linkedin because linkedin got me a momentum you know it mm-hmm. gave initially that momentum that i want to every day i used to get like 50 50 followers at some point and uh, through that i used to get a lot of uh, good connections uh, that's what i did and uh, i picked linkedin that's how it helped me uh, like i said twitter i tried but i have 3k uh, followers on Twitter, but I uh, have not uh, cracked that part because you, on Twitter, you have to be there very personally, taking a lot of selfies, pics and all, posting, <laughs> I'm here at this conference, I'm here with, with this guy, so we are go- going out for lunch and all that. But I want to keep it a little more, more professional and more serious oriented, so I picked LinkedIn and I do mm-hmm. videos too sometimes. I'm not, I'm not very good at videos. I'm still learning, but I, I prefer, I think, uh, when people see your face in a video, I think that gives more trust to the people. That credibility, that trust is very important, along with writing articles and being on social media. I think that's a good point there. That's one of the things that people struggle with <laughs> is focusing on one platform. You know, they think, oh, if I'm going to build a personal brand, that means I've got to be on LinkedIn and on Twitter and on Snapchat and TikTok and Facebook. And that's that's not true. You can just pick one and stick with that. Yeah, true. To, to add to that, you don't need to, to stick to it necessarily, but you should focus on one at a time, I think. I mean, Once, if you want, if, if later you want to expand to others, you don't need to feel limited. Yeah. But you, you don't, you definitely shouldn't feel required to, to take on the whole world at once. Don't, don't worry about Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter and yeah. whatever, whatever, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I believe all these social media platforms are uh, targeted towards different categories. Like Facebook is for family, friends. Twitter is for nerds, mostly. And LinkedIn is for people like me who want to (laughs) build a lot of followers, very serious folks. And there are things like Reddit. Reddit also is a kind of a forum, I would say, where you can get a lot of karma. You can, by answering other people's questions like Quora, there is Quora, there is Reddit. There is hacker news and all this. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot but of a you lot can't of... be at all platforms. So right. take one, be good at one, and then leverage that so that you know you can move on to other platforms if you want. Mm-hmm. What what benefits have you seen personally from building a brand? I mean, you, you talk about number of followers, and yeah. you've already made me jealous because you have a lot more than I do. <laughs> 
but <laughs> what what benefit does that bring? Does it has it given you better job offers? Have you gotten consulting gigs? What 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 benefit has it brought to you? The first thing I'm I've since I write tech articles, I'm very crazy about writing on big big publications, right? So when I started out in 2013, I believe I reached out to a bunch of uh, editors, right? They said, "Who are you?" I'm like, "Have you written any articles before?" What credibility do you have, right? Mm. And I had nothing to show. So by building this and started writing on slowly on Medium, Medium is free. So I started getting um, a lot of uh, claps at that time. I think now also Medium has claps thing, right? You can give claps on Medium. I think so, Mm -hmm. yeah. So that's how I started, you know, giving these proofs to these editors saying, hey, see, I have written this article there and it went really well. And even how LinkedIn helped me, I diverted all this traffic there. I used to share these links on LinkedIn after I got like 5K connections, followers at that time. So slowly I started getting some more reach and a lot of followers. And then I started personally started messaging them. Hey, can you please go read this? They they started liking it. And that is one thing. And also also companies and uh, leaders approaching me for... Hey, can you give a talk here about this? Hey, can you can you collaborate and write this article together? Because that helped me a lot. And like I said, even the hiring process, right? It gets easy because the 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 leaders already kind of know you in this industry that you are there doing stuff already, and you don't have to do that extra effort to convince them that hey, I know this stuff. I I can really do this. So that. that that gives a extra edge when you build a personal brand. Nice. Yeah, I think it's very helpful whenever you're looking for a new job because one of the big challenges with interviewing for a new job is getting past that technical interview, you know, where they try to figure out do you actually have the technical skills and if you have a, a public if you have public resources that show what you're doing in that space. And a lot of times it makes the tech interview process easier or gives you the ability to skip it altogether. Yeah, true. So how do you come up with, you said you were putting out one article on LinkedIn per day, right? It's not exactly an article. I would say it's a post. A post every day? Yeah. So how do you come up with something new to say every single day? Yeah, that's a good question. Most what I struggle yeah. with. <laughs> every day. Yeah. See, after spending three years at LinkedIn, I know what these people like. There are things like, if you know uh, DevOps, the DevOps world, if I talk about the platform like Kubernetes, there, there's a there's Kubernetes, there is um, now Service Mesh. If I talk about CI/CD, I know these things particularly about Kubernetes. If I talk about Kubernetes, I know that this thing is gonna go a little viral. Mm-hmm. Uh, so before before even posting, I can guess. Yes, I have made a good post. I think this is gonna give me good um, good likes or reach. I would say. So I have understood, like I said, after spending three years, I have understood those topics that I should search for. The case studies that how 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 Snapchat is using Kubernetes, how how Instagram is doing uh, DevOps. So these kind of interesting stories, if I share, I, usually that's what people the developers prefer, and something right. knowledgeable. If I share something very knowledgeable, something of value, they share it. Gotcha. They like it. Jonathan, I know you put out things on a daily basis. What's your approach for finding something to say every day? Yeah, I write a daily email list. 
I usually, so most days it's pretty easy. Let me back up. The hardest part is when you're first starting, in my experience. When you, especially if you've maybe been writing it weekly or monthly or, or ad hoc and you start doing it daily, it can be really hard to, to think, what am I going to say every day? So my approach was to make a list of 30 topics. And my, my criteria was something that I could just talk about off the top of my head if a stranger asked me about it in an elevator or on the subway or something like that. So, you know, just something that I didn't have to think about. I could just like, yeah, how do I feel about, about Kubernetes? Oh, yeah, here's what I think, you know, whatever. I could just, I could just answer. Or what's, what's your favorite CICD tool or, or whatever. Something that I could just, boom, talk about quickly. And I made a list. Once I had a list of 30 of those, I was like, okay, I have a month of material here. This is going to be easy. So I, could, I had that in a document. And then uh, every day I would write something. I would take it off the list. And then as I think of new ideas, maybe I'm reading a blog post or a book or getting a fight with somebody on Twitter about something. And I'm like, oh, that would be a great topic. <laughs> I add it to my list. So, you know, some days I add 10 things to my list. Some days nothing. But overall, I, I keep adding to it. And, and that's how I got started. Nowadays, I usually ignore the list completely. Sometimes when I'm reading a book or something, I'm like, oh, this would be great. I don't want to forget this. I'll add, I'll add to the list. But usually that list just sits there kind of rotting unless, except, you know, maybe if I go on a holiday and I'm not talking about computers to people, then I, then my, my brain isn't thinking about it. And then I refer to my list again. But like this morning, uh, I wrote about a conversation I had with a, a former colleague yesterday, which was a, on the topic that I'd written about the day before. So, you know, I just got like these things kind of just build on each other. So, you know, the last I kind of have this thing going. I see the thread in my head. I'm sure most people reading it don't. But like I, I wrote this topic and that led to a conversation that led to my next topic, which led to a conversation that led to the next topic and so on and so forth. So it's pretty easy to keep it going. Uh, once you get going, your, your brain just starts to see opportunities for topics everywhere. Well, there you go. Yeah. And then once a week, I can be lazy and I just announce the latest Adventures in DevOps podcast and say, here, go, go listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> That's called content repurposing, right? There you go. I was about to say that. So <laughs> what I usually do, I see that in a week, in a month, like I go back to my three months of list of the posts and articles that I share. I see which one went little good and then I reshare it again. The one I shared three months back, I go back to my own list and that is the best use of uh, repurposing the content. So right on. Sometimes I'm kind of lazy. Sometimes I feel like, okay, let's, <laughs> let's not do this today. So <laughs> usually on Fridays. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, How much time would you say, say that you spend on personal branding each day? That each day. Now I started off with maybe like two to three hours every day. Now mm. I, I like like 30 minutes. Oh, wow. Day. Right on. Because my role here as a developer advocate at Harness, I do kind of experiments with CI, CD, serverless, GCP, Azure. So I keep writing what I learn. So I make them articles. What I learn, I convert them into articles. So that way I push them to different uh, Websites, I publish them to different websites. And uh, those are usually uh, the kind of stuff that developers like, like how to build and push your artifacts to Artifactory, how to do CI, CD with Go, like for Go applications and Python and all that. So, yeah. so if someone wanted to get started with this, what would, what would your guidelines be to help them start doing this in a sustainable way where they don't feel like they're taking on a, another full-time job? Yeah. So the thing is, I think there is there is something called Google Alerts. 
you can go to google alerts and set your keywords for example i have set cloud native kubernetes docker service mesh all the popular popular topics popular keywords that come under in in this industry so once you set your google uh, what is that google alerts with keywords you start getting emails every day you can set that you you start getting emails every day whenever someone writes a topic on on your keyword if you have chosen key, uh, keyword like kubernetes if somebody has written something on that you get you get a you you get that article on your inbox every day so you see what the other people are uh, writing and mm-hmm. uh, where they are writing so and all, there are tools like social animal uh, social animal is one tool that i use if i search for devops it will show me what is the top article on devops it it gives a list how many shares it got and facebook how many shares it got on twitter and linkedin and reddit so on that you can get a lot of ideas like what people are talking about what is trending and uh, yeah again linkedin and twitter will give a lot of uh, if you follow the thought leaders you will mm-hmm. know of course what they are talking and what you should be talking something related to that and some one easy trick is also you can go to youtube search about kubernetes and see which one is coming up and then actually convert that into an article and talk about it write about it and give the credits to them and that that also is one trick that uh, i used initially they can they can use these simple ones to write articles and uh, share as post every day create 5 minute video all these things they can do yeah right on yeah hi this is charles maxwood from top end devs and lately i've been coaching some people on starting some podcasts and in some cases, just taking their career to the next level. You know, whether you're beginner going to intermediate, intermediate going to advanced, whether you're trying to get noticed in the community or go freelance, I've been helping these folks figure out how to get in front of people, how to build relationships and how to build their careers and max out and and just go to the next level. So if you're interested in talking to me and having me help you go to the next level, Go to topendevs.com slash coaching. I will give you a one-hour free session where we can figure out what you're trying to do, where you're trying to go, and figure out what the next steps are. And then from there, we can figure out how to get you to the place you want to go. So once again, that's topendevs.com slash coaching. Jonathan, what about you? What's your advice for someone just starting to do this? Started? Just get started. That's really my advice. Just do uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> Don't wait. Uh, you're, you're never going to know what you're doing until you start messing up. So the sooner you mess up, the sooner you can start improving. Just pick a platform, whatever you like. Uh, I mean, I, so I, I never used LinkedIn until I started doing this. And I, I tried, I started on LinkedIn and Twitter at the same time. And Twitter just didn't like me, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I'm still there. I, I automatically post my dailies to both LinkedIn and Twitter. And I probably I got a like today from somebody on Twitter. <laughs> it's kind of, like it's notable when I get a like on Twitter. I, I get one every two weeks or something. On LinkedIn, I get I get lots of likes. So uh, for, for, for whatever reason, my content seems to resonate better or my style resonates better on LinkedIn. So that's where I put my attention. But even so, LinkedIn isn't my primary focus. My primary focus is my mailing list because I want to I want to own that relationship with those people. I don't want like if LinkedIn decides to ban my account, I don't want to be without my my user base, if that makes sense. So, I mean, I, I still use LinkedIn, but I, I use LinkedIn to hopefully drive people to my mailing list and to my other content, my podcast, this podcast, uh, my YouTube channels, things like that. But definitely just get started. 
whether you're if you want to set up a WordPress site or use a static site generator like Hugo, like I use, or LinkedIn, it doesn't matter. Just start uh, or Twitter, and just just start writing about your experience. Today I learned how to how to build a Helm chart. Today I learned how to write Hello World in in Python. Whatever, it doesn't matter how detailed or how simple it is. Just start writing your experience. Some no matter what you say, somebody won't know that yet. <laughs> right. So, you know, That's, you don't have to worry about being the expert first. You're always the expert to somebody. And sometimes you're wrong and, and people will be happy to tell you about that. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> there was a post on Twitter the other day. This person posted that whenever they post a question on Reddit, they have another account. So they'll log in to that account and then post an answer that's just completely and horribly wrong said, because nobody cares about having the right answer, but everyone loves to tell someone who's wrong that they're wrong. So they use that to get answers on Reddit. I've seen like, that. Wow. I bet it would work on Stack Overflow too. <laughs> yeah. It's like, that's just brilliant. <laughs> Another great idea for getting started is, you know, Jonathan, you mentioned having your own blog or WordPress site or whatever. So build that. And then that can be your first series of articles of how you built it. Sure. Definitely. And that'll give you, you know, if you've, if you're just getting started with that or choosing a new platform, that'll give you multiple things to write about. Well, even if you don't right want to, that. You know, yeah, even if you don't want to host it yourself, just just blog about the experience of choosing whether you're going to use WordPress or or something else. And, you know, if you're into DevOps, then definitely hosting it yourself is a great idea. It'll give you practical experience. But even if you're not, just just write about something. It doesn't matter. Here's why I chose yeah. WordPress instead <laughs> of Django or whatever. Just write. Yeah. Yeah. Regarding this one example, I can say my wife is also in DevOps. She recently just started with, okay, let me make a, do a video on how to become a DevOps engineer without any prior experience. She did that video for 10 minutes and today it hit 10K, 10K views. Oh, wow. So 10K views and I was like, oh my God, seriously, then we need to get you a good um, camera or something to record. So... She's really enjoying it. Every week, she's she's telling that okay, let me do every every week one video. Okay, so she did about Docker. She did about Kubernetes. They are all slowly picking up because this one uh, video is is going consistently really well. So I think in three weeks it got ten k views for a starter. Uh, it's a really <laughs> big thing, is what I say. Yeah, for sure. So she just started that, like how to become a DevOps engineer without any prior experience. So she comes from an electronics background. She did not have any prior experience of uh, software engineering, but she she did some uh, reading and she went to some through some course and um, and she she got into a DevOps uh, role in one of the big companies. So she 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 told her story in this video and everybody started liking it. That's how it got in three weeks, 10K views. <laughs> nice. So with your wife working in DevOps too, are there are there like some family arguments that come out of that? Like <laughs> like Jenkins versus GitHub Actions? It's like, <laughs> damn it, you'll use Jenkins or sleep on the couch. <laughs> I, as of now, <laughs> nothing like that. Because yeah, we always discuss what they are using at their company, what we are using at our company. But anyhow, I, I convince her to at least use what we are doing and what I use for her personal projects, uh, for right. learning projects. So, <laughs> yeah, what she knows, she will teach me. And uh, what I know simpler, I, I teach her. So 
that's how it usually works. That's pretty cool. I mean, just having things like you want to have, to have things in common with your spouse, but like both working <laughs> in the same career, that's actually pretty cool. Okay. But sometimes I felt it's kind of boring too. You always keep talking the same things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I suppose that's true. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. But I knew that DevOps is going to be really big in the coming years. So that's how I told her before marriage that, hey, quit everything. Just learn DevOps. She asked me, like, what is DevOps? Like, I told her, see, this is how it is. I did not know properly. So I told her, just Google it. Yeah. It's like some years back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the beauty. Nobody knows what DevOps is. And somehow <laughs> we're getting paid for it. So <laughs> fingers crossed that that job, holds right? true. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> just keep paying me to do stuff you don't understand. And I'll just keep doing yeah. stuff you don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> like, we really want to fire him, but we just don't know what the impact of that's going to be. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So what are your what are your plans? I mean, do, do you intend to just keep focusing on LinkedIn? Do you have plans to expand? Are you going to start a podcast, go on YouTube, conference speaking? What what are your what are your plans for your brand? So I'm slowly. Um, actually, I have a show called Talk Tech with Pavan on LinkedIn. I have a LinkedIn live show that I usually get some some thought leaders in the software industry, DevOps industry to talk about uh, what they are familiar with. I give them like questions and they answer. It's a Q&A type of something similar to this. So it's a talk tech with Pawan is what I call, but I'm not I'm not consistent with that. I did maybe probably in a year, like five, six, that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Somehow it's getting out of, because managing, because it's there's a dependency, right? When you ask someone, hey, they'll tell, let me think about it. Okay, let me get back. But then it never happens. Sometimes they the, the they never get back to me, or it's it's kind of dependency. What I'm thinking is to uh, do my own shows, and then me only only me talking, like how to create a Helm chart, how to create a Docker file, and uh, and all these simple stuff. Start with simple stuff. But that's how I share. I'm I'm not I'm not um, good at videos as of now. I have to, this is one thing where I'm lacking. I want to become good at it so that I can go to conference and speak um, confidently. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I can relate to that. As soon as I turn the camera on to record a video, it's like a completely different personality comes out. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's true for me. I mean, I, I'm sure that somebody watching me do a, a conference talk or a, a recorded video probably sees me as different when, than when we're sitting around having a beer. But I don't, I don't like feel like there's a switch. Like I'm like, there's public Jonathan and there's, and there's private Jonathan. I don't feel like that, but I mean, I'm sure there's certain personality traits that are more emphasized in one area than another, but I feel like I'm pretty genuine me everywhere I go. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm not, but I feel like it. I might be fooling myself. <laughs> <laughs> I do that from, from time to time. There's a quote who there was a quote from someone like that, something along the lines of uh, you're the easiest person, you know, to fool or something like that. Yeah, (laughs) probably true. Some years back, I gave a talk um, in one of the universities in India is it's it's the top most university. They they called me to talk about growth hacking, (laughs) the the fancy stuff. So they told me there'll be only 50 people. I said, okay, there'll be 50 people. But when I went inside, there were like 300 people sitting. (laughs) (laughs) So that was my first encounter with the the fear coming right in front of me saying, Pawn, can you do this? Just let's go home. (laughs) 
so i was the third speaker first two speakers uh, they they spoke and uh, after I, i was the third one and that's the time i'm like somehow i got that thing in me just went on stage and started speaking i think i think that's how it's going to be but after that i have not spoken in a conference thing because two years covid came and then right. everything <laughs> shut down so i think now i have to start again start uh, to go um, in person and start speaking in the conferences yeah i think conference so, speaking is a great skill to work on for for technical people like us I found myself in a situation quite a few years ago. We were in this early stage startup and we would have investors or potential investors show up and I was having to explain the infrastructure to them and really struggled with it. And then I joined an organization called Toastmasters, which helps you work on your public speaking and improved there and then ended up doing uh, quite a few conference talks around the world. But the I think one of the things that was most helpful about that was the process of thinking about what you're going to say and refining it and organizing it for delivery. It really helped me organize my thoughts and become a better communicator, which translated directly to my day job whenever you're talking to the product manager or the software teams that you support or different people outside of your technical organization then it helps you to follow the right or find the right train of thought and find the right words to be a better communicator whenever you're talking with those people so that was kind of a hidden benefit of public speaking nice so that was a course or you went there get got trained under someone it's a worldwide organization just yeah, for practicing yeah yeah, okay. yeah. And you pay um, you pay a membership fee. It's like an annual membership fee. Oh, the one I went to was pretty inexpensive, and so you you have these different track books that you follow, and like your first track book will give you five different speeches that you have to give, and each one's supposed to be five minutes long. So then you get that ready, and then you give it to just these people in your local group there. So you kind of know the people, so you don't have to worry about the fear of speaking to strangers as much and everyone gives you feedback on it so as soon as you're done giving your speech you go around the room and everyone gives you feedback on what they thought you could improve on and same thing like you sit down and the next person gets up and gives their speech and then you give them feedback and so it's really good at practicing your listening skills and you know teaching you how to offer constructive feedback and teaching you how to receive constructive feedback Thanks. Yeah, highly recommended. Yeah, I was about to say that. Awesome. Well, if our thousands of listeners want to join you on LinkedIn to follow you, Mm -hmm. where do they find you? My name? Puff. (laughs) Pavan Balagati. Awesome. Yeah. Well, we'll put a link in the show notes too. Yeah. Great. Anything else to add here? Yeah, go ahead. I have a newsletter on LinkedIn. I'll tell that also. Oh, yeah. I thought I I should create a newsletter, so I created a new newsletter. And in a day, I got 6,000 subscribers. <laughs> oh, wow. Holy cow. So, so I, since I, I named it as uh, Developer Advocacy, and every week, uh, every week I take a topic and then I try to describe it and give a simple tutorial to, for people to try, try out. So now, after I think, um, after two months, I have, uh, I have 11.5K subscribers. Dang. 
So today, just now, just now, before coming to the show, I I talked about creating Helm chart and deploying it through Harness. So that that is out. That newsletter is out. Right on. Very cool. So there you go. People can find you on LinkedIn and join your quickly growing newsletter. Yeah. <laughs> like very quickly growing. I don't think I know anyone who's grown a newsletter that fast. <laughs> Excellent. Anything else to cover? Uh, me, I'm like, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's, that's it. You, if you want to ask anything else. Or... This is where we need a call in show. Call 1 800 Adventures. So you guys on Twitter, LinkedIn, where what's your strong uh, areas, uh, so, social media websites? Yeah, uh, for social media, I'm on I'm on LinkedIn. It's my <coughs> name also, Jonathan Hall. Although the easier place to find me is at jhall.io. You can from there go to my LinkedIn or my daily email right at the top. You can sign up for my daily email if you're interested. You can find my YouTube channel, my podcast, links to this podcast, and some other crazy ideas that I like to write every day about just whatever comes up. And yesterday's conversations is what I what I write about. So yeah, that's the best place to find you, me. It's jhall.io. You talk about tech stuff or general? I talk about I talk about DevOps. I talk about software delivery. It's nice. not it, it's less from a technical angle usually. I mean, I do talk about technical stuff, mm-hmm. but I, I don't talk about tools very much. So huh, like, okay. you're not going to see a tutorial about writing a Helm chart or how to do GitHub mm-hmm. Actions or whatever. It's more conceptual and uh, okay. it's aimed. It's really aimed at like leaders, team leads, tech leads, uh, managers, CTOs, those sorts of people. Got it. And you will? Yeah, my most of my effort goes to my YouTube channel, DevOps for Developers. And then I I post some stuff on Twitter too, but Twitter is mainly just uh, posting memes and shit posting. (laughs) (laughs) Don't expect anything serious from me on Twitter. (laughs) I've seen some of your thumbnails on your YouTube channel. Should I expect something serious there? Yeah, probably not. <laughs> yeah, I think just look for something that's like partially entertaining and there might accidentally be something actionable in there. I think you have fun on your channel. It, it's not, I mean, it's educational, but you like to have fun too. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not very serious. I try to find the, the humor and entertainment. And everything, (laughs) which I think pretty much holds true for me all the time, even during like major incidents and server outages. You know, I'm pretty laid back. Are you the guy making jokes all the time when everyone's like, the server's down? I am, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Did you unplug the cable? Did you reboot it? (laughs) Yeah. And that's, um, that comes from like part of my background because way, way, way back, I was a nuclear engineer in the Navy and we did a lot of disaster recovery training there. But then one of the jobs I held was for an, a medical imaging company where we routed medical images from emergency rooms and trauma centers across the U.S. to radiologists. And so every time we got involved, there was someone laying in an emergency room who couldn't receive medical care until we got our systems back up and running. And so I just, uh, I have a, a pretty calm demeanor and um, high threshold for stress just because of the, that background. So yeah, I'm usually cracking jokes. I'm sure the, the people waiting for you to get the machines working so they can save their lives appreciate the humor. Laughter is You know, there's, there's been, um, right? And there have been instances where uh, the 
I was, you know, been talking to the doctor as a nurse in the emergency room and they just put me on speakerphone. Like, yeah, put me on speakerphone and go take care of your patient and I'll just shout and uh, if I need anything from you. So, <laughs> yeah, there have been opportunities where the patient probably looked at the doctor and was like, can you just hang up on that dude? <laughs> He's clearly not helping. <laughs> nice. So your YouTube videos, they talk about what they, what usually you post on YouTube? So I talk about DevOps from a career perspective of what to expect if you're starting a DevOps career, why you would want to choose it, what how it compares to software engineering. And then there's some how-to content, you know, of like a how to do different tasks and then some videos on how to build your portfolio, how to get experience, because that's one of the challenges for someone getting started in DevOps is everyone hiring for DevOps wants someone with DevOps experience, but it's hard to get DevOps experience till somebody hires you. And so I have some videos out there that help address that in for the form of here are some different projects you can tackle that use DevOps principles, give you real world experience and can serve as your portfolio to, to help get your first job. Okay. And then there's just, just some stupid skits. <laughs> I just I just checked your uh, Twitter. You you look completely different there. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's the cleaned up version. So since this is a podcast, I'll clarify. My Twitter profile is a, I'm wearing like a shirt and a tie and yeah, look very well groomed. But here on the podcast, I just got home from the gym, so I'm wearing a ball cap and a cut up t-shirt. So Pavan and is and not and headphones and headphones. Yeah, so Pavan is legitimately confused. Like, is this even the same dude? <laughs> <laughs> no, it usually happens uh, when you see people on Insta, like on social media and when you meet them personally there is usually kind of uh, either it's it's their height the way they look it's kind of different sometimes <laughs> yeah like yeah for sure hey folks if you love this podcast and would like to support the show or if you wish you could listen without the sponsorship messages then you're in luck we're setting up new premium podcast feeds where you can get all of the episodes released after christmas 2020 without the ads signing up will help us pay for editing and production and you can go sign up at devchat.tv slash premium. Cool. Should we do some picks? Let's do it. Let's do it. Do you have one ready for us, Jonathan? Yeah, I've got a, a couple. So my task at my day job right now has been setting up logging and alerting for some microservices that never had that properly set up. Today, I was trying to find a bug in a service. It turns out the only logs it was doing were it was written to send panics. It's a Go service. So a panic is like a, a core dump or a crash or whatever. It was written to send those to Sentry, but there were no other logs whatsoever. <laughs> so you just get this out of context error. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was worse than that. The error we were getting, well, we weren't getting at all logged anywhere because it wasn't a crash. It was actual <laughs> application error. So uh, I spent the entire day fixing that and getting it to log all requests and send errors to Sentry. Oh, and, and, and aside from that, they, the Sentry... DSN was not configured for the instance on ECS. So even though the, the software thought it was sending stuff to Sentry, it wasn't going anywhere. So it was literally logging nothing <laughs> anywhere at all. What the oh, no. Anyway, I fixed that. And I, I, I fixed the bug shortly before this recording. But that leads to my recommendation, which is Sentry. Sentry.io. Um, they're not paying me for this. 
I know they have competitors, they have alternatives, and they're good too. But I like Sentry.io just because I'm familiar with it. I've been using it at several different companies. I've actually, I actually have my my name in their Go SDK because I submitted some patches against it. So if oh, you use nice. Sentry with Go, you're going to use my code probably. <laughs> nice. So I, I, I like Sentry.io. They're also open source. So if you don't want to pay them, you can always host it yourself. If you don't know what they do, they they basically you send. They have other services too, but what I use them for is you send errors there and they, they integrate with your email and your Slack and your whatever you want. They send alerts and they help track failures in your application and crashes and things like that. So it's a really good thing to do on services, whether you use Sentry or something else. So that's my first pick. My second pick is a repick. I don't know when this episode's coming out. Uh, probably August sometime, middle of September. On my birthday, actually, on September 15, I'm going to be in, in uh, Vienna, Austria, speaking at the Agile tour vienna conference so i would like to invite the listeners to come watch me make a fool of myself building my brand on stage (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i'm going to be talking about how to implement continuous delivery backwards in other words before you have all your tests in place maybe even if you're still using manual qa and things like that. So if you're, if that's an interesting topic, come meet me. Wish me a happy birthday. Maybe meet me afterwards. We'll share a drink together. It would be a lot of fun. So those are my picks. Right on. That'll be a cool talk. We've touched on your thoughts on that briefly. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's definitely interesting to hear. So that's going to be a really cool talk. So I will, I will second that recommendation. First of all, for a chance to go to Vienna. Second of all, to check out what's going to be a really cool talk. All right. So, Pavan, do you have anything you'd like to pick? Yeah, I would pick my own com- like <laughs> product, the harness that I'm working for. So, um, pick you mean I can pick this product, right? Product and talk about it? Or uh, yeah. is it kind of a... Okay. So, yeah, I was not that deep technical guy when before joining Harness. But when I joined Harness, I... I started doing a lot of a uh, lot of deep technical stuff. So I started learning Node.js a little bit deeper, and then um, CI/CD. Uh, these both topics have been my favorite topics. So and Harness is, I would say, is the best uh, CI/CD platform out there. Wow! Because I use it every day, <laughs> and I'm very familiar with it. And, wait, wait, um, it's better than Jenkins. I, and also we have open source, like we have acquired this <laughs> drone CI. It is drone CI and uh, drone, okay. drone, drone. So yeah, we usually compare drone with uh, Jenkins and uh, drones, GitHub stars are far better than I'm mean, like more uh, compared to Jenkins and uh, and uh, drone is completely cloud native because at every step it uses Docker containers and Jenkins, I don't know. Good answer. Good answer. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for coming to my TED talk. (laughs) If you you can't can't uh, tell, I'm not a big fan of Jenkins. (laughs) Yeah, lot of lot of plugins. So I'm actually writing an article like uh, slow builds and uh, complex plugins. Ten reasons to move from Jenkins to Drone. So. (laughs) <laughs> so no literally drone is very easy i'm like a guy like me it took like five ten minutes to set up drone ci on my uh, local laptop and then run it so i use it every day and then harness cd is the modern continuous delivery platform that i use and this is where i actually i learned what exactly is ci cd 
apart from yeah. the theoretical stuff that I used to write. So <laughs> I would, of course, pick these 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 things: harness and um, harness platform and and drone. Right on. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. All right. So my pick for this week is going to be a non-technical pick. About a month ago, I think I recommended a book called The Sovereign Individual, which talks about how society is going to change with the information age using things that we've learned from how society changed when we went to the um, Bronze Age and the Agricultural Age and then the industrial age. But the thing that that book didn't cover is it didn't really give you a lot of actionable advice to it. But then last week, Balaji Srinivasan, I think I said his last name right, wrote and released a book called The Network State. And so that's my pick for this week is The Network State. And he kind of picks up where that the sovereign individual leaves off and talks about how to, you know, how to adjust your own personal life to kind of like get ready for the changes that are coming with the increasing use of blockchain and cryptocurrencies, which is going to change government regulations and how we interact with people, you know, with the remote workforce, how there's not really, uh, we're getting less and less of people that work in the same office and you work with people across different time zones. So it's a very actionable book on how to think about and adopt those changes. So that is The Network State by Balaji Srinivasan. And that's my pick for the week. And join us next time for Adventures in Philosophy. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Although... That would be a like, good podcast though, wouldn't it? Uh, hashtag disclaimer asterisk probably shouldn't be getting your philosophy advice from the 80s stoner <laughs> or or maybe you should i don't know i, I don't think i'm qualified to make that call <laughs> well on that note i think we've pretty much covered everything <laughs> i think so yeah All right. Well, thanks for tuning in, everyone. And um, hopefully after that ending, we'll see you next week, too. (laughs) Thanks, everyone. Until next time. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more.